Be a hero in the sky. Do you wanna be a hero in the sky? High adventure, higher pay, join the Space Marines today, and you're gonna be a hero in the sky. Humanity's nature is war, an undeniable fact to any student of history. But to what end? Merely survival, perhaps? And such many will claim, but this accounts for so little of all we have accomplished by way of wonders and terrors both. I contest that war is no more than a natural clearing of the earth, a purge which we instinctively know is needed so that greater things can be built, greater heights achieved, and greater dreams made real for generations to come. Man will kill without hesitation to survive, yes, but man will die in glory unrivaled for the future yet unborn. From the Book of Nine Cryptograts, unknown author, M7. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lost Transmissions, a Battlefleet Gothic podcast set in the Age of Darkness. I am here with our Tetrarch, Austin. Today, we are going to be talking about the Ultramarines. We put it off long enough, and now we can't do it any longer. Now, sirs, it is time for you all to be heroes in the sky. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, The Ultramarines don't have rules that really make them better at killing things. Uh, They don't have rules that really help them survive any better. Um, So you're thinking, well, why would I want to play Ultramarines then? And to that, I honestly have no answer. But what the Ultramarines... Steven, it's not Gulliman Day. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. We could could re-release this on Gulliman Day. It's fine. (laughs) With a special intro? Yeah. Uh, the Ultramarines are, uh, in Battlefleet Gothic, the same way that they play on, or rather in Battlefleet Heresy, pretty close to the way they play, uh, on the tabletop. They're versatile, and a lot of their bonuses are given more to being able, uh, to achieve your goals when you need to achieve them. Um, not so much knocking somebody out better or taking fire better. Uh, they're a command legion. Yeah, and as Steven says, you might look at that and go, well, that's dumb. Um, but you need to think of the long game, right? So they've got two special rules. Uh, the fir- Well, I guess it's a special rule that does two things. Uh, superior tactics. Versatile tactics ensure that the Ultramarines Admirals have all the tools required to complete any mission and defeat any foe. So squadron coherency for all vessels is extended by five centimeters. And additionally, the fleet commander gains one extra command reroll free of cost. Ooh, ah. But what does it mean? (laughs) Uh, So for squadron coherency, um, it's normally 15 centimeters. Yeah. Um, So what this means is that ultramarines go to 20 centimeters. And you might think, eh? Um, but this is super useful for a couple of different reasons. The first is that if you have two cruisers or three, if you're a madman, uh, operating together in a squadron, uh, things can get a little dicey, right? Cause there are a bunch of things that screw with your movement. And once you're outside of that 15 centimeter coherency bubble, uh, 
you can't go on orders again until you get back within 15. And if you've got a couple of capital ships that only do 45 degree turns and like some are going 20, but some are only going 15, you can, it becomes a mess. Uh, many's a time where, you know, I've all ahead full a squadron of capital ships and had them wildly sp- spread out due to weird roles or I've gone, you know, around torpedoes and I've kind of had to split them. Right. So they start facing different directions and all of a sudden I'm outside of coherency or done a thing that looked really cool. You know, come on either side and just murder it from both sides and go this way and that way. And then been out of coherency and not been able to do things like brace for impact or come to a new heading or, you know, whatever. So that extra five centimeters is very forgiving. It's also great for escorts uh, for kind of flushing out game, right? So say you're playing the convoy scenario, uh, which has a bunch of contact markers that are just out there, right? What does it Uh, mean? Yeah, you don't know. Uh, But they'll become revealed if you get close enough, uh, as well as the enemy activating them in their turn one at a time. But the trick to convoy is if you've got some escorts, you run them out far ahead of your poor transports uh, because whatever the tokens are, I mean, they're, not, they're random to you as the guy trying to run the convoy. It could be a squadron of enemy escorts or an enemy cruiser, or it could be deadfall torpedoes. And if it's deadfall torpedoes and you've triggered them, you know, 70 centimeters away from your main uh, bunch of transports, they're worthless and you're fine. Or, you know, you trigger a wave of bombers way out there and they can either try and murder your one, you know, cobra that's out there looking for them or fly through a long ways to try and get to you. So, you know, it's more, more time to deal with things. Uh, and that extra five centimeters of spacing really adds up for escort squadrons. Uh, and even things like, you know, Novas and Thunderbolts, which we'll talk about Thunderbolts here in a little bit. Uh, just that freedom of movement to do that sort of wide encirclement and then jump on something can be super useful. Uh, and then a free command reroll is just... You can never go wrong with a yeah. free command reroll. There's Italian no, hands, real good. There's literally no scenario in which, if given a choice between a free command reroll and, I don't know, the only thing I would take over a free command reroll is a free ship. Yeah, and sometimes not even then. Yeah, depending on the ship. Yeah, right? Like, I don't want a Cobra <laughs> for a command reroll. <laughs> Congratulations, you've got a Hellfire Heavy Cruiser. What? No! Oh, no! Uh, yeah, because these add up, right? Like, yeah, your first reroll is only 25 points, and that's exciting. But then it's, you know, 50 points, 150 points. And getting one for free is amazing. Uh, and it's not like some of the other ways you can get free rerolls or extra rerolls, uh, which are tied to a specific ship. This one, just it goes to the Admiral, use it on whoever. It's exciting. Yep. And uh, for. Additional fun, or as an, another note on the squadrons, uh, like Austin said, sometimes you can fall out of coherency um, by the vagaries of fate. But what actually happens if you're out of coherency? You can't go on orders until you come back into coherency. That's right. So get in there. Uh, you have a little extra five centimeters of insurance for that. Because remember that squadrons go under orders together, or 
can, can anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. But it's good times. Yes. And but that is you cannot and I'm gonna get the little section out of the book here, because I have the book and can. Squadrons. This is on page 37 in the basic rule book, by the way, right next to planetary defenses, which we've talked about before, so don't ask. Well, I mean, ask will always answer, but we might make fun of you. It's true, we might. I will, uh, actually, I won't make fun of you. I will just pointedly refer you to Austin, who enjoys talking about planetary defenses way more than I do. I do love planetary defenses. Um, Theoretically, somebody has to. (laughs) The direct quote is, if a ship drops out of formation, meaning outside of 15 centimeters, it no longer counts as part of the squadron until it moves back within 15 centimeters of another ship in the squadron. A ship which is out of formation must move back into formation as soon as possible, and it may not use special orders until it has done so. So like I mentioned earlier... You can't go on orders, and sometimes you really need to brace. Mm-hmm. And it will break your heart, you know. You think you have 15 centimeters. It turns out you're at 18 centimeters. You can't brace for impact, and you just take that full broadside to the face and die. Uh, the Ultramarines have it a little easier. Yep, as they do most things. Yep. Except Kalf. If... <laughs> oh, Lord. Remember Kalf. That's right. It's a salty episode. We're busting chops today. Oi, it's all right. Ultramarines are better in space, mainly because I don't have to see their dumb faces. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of more ultramarines. But we do, we do like these orders because uh, we think, like, these are some of my favorites. Or, or no, not orders. Um, special rules. This is really my favorite, one of my favorite special rules. Uh because it just is ultramarines, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're super tactical, and they can use that, you know, memorize every book standard of everything sort of way that they have to benefit them in void warfare. Yep. Yep. They're real good at it. Uh, ultramarines, Gloriana, is you know it, you love it, unless you play Battlefleet Gothic 2 Armada and you're on the receiving end of it. McCrag's Honor. Uh, McCrag's Honor, 420 points, is pretty much an Oberon. In fact, it is an Oberon. Dun, dun, dun. And we all know how much Austin loves the Oberon. God, I do love me an Oberon. Yep. So she's not fast. She's got 15 centimeters of speed, 45 degree turns. She has four shields, uh, five up armor, and five turrets. So once again... Just like her regular old Oberon uh, cousin, you are not going to get torpedoes on the McCrag's honor very easily. Nope. Or anything, for that matter. Just if it, if it flies in the ordnance phase, the McCrag's honor will murder it. Uh, it has 60 centimeter, strength 6, port and starboard weapons batteries. It has a dorsal weapons battery at 45 centimeters, strength 5, that goes uh, left, front, right. It has port and starboard lance batteries, 60 centimeters, strength 2. And it has a prow weapons battery, 45 centimeters, at strength 5, which also fires left, front, right. So, to a side, the McCrag's Honor can throw out what? Uh, 16's weapons 16 weapons battery, 2 lances. 16 weapons batteries and 2 lances. She's versatile. 
Because in addition to those weapons, batteries, and lances, she also has port and starboard launch bays. Now, she only launches two squadrons of each, but they are Thunderhawks and Thunderhawk Annihilators, which, hey, two squadrons of Thunderhawks is two squadrons of Thunderhawks. Yeah, they real good. Mm-hmm. The McCrag's Honor, uh, in addition to already being an Ultramarine ship, and therefore, since you're playing the Ultramarines, you get that extra reroll, the McCrag's Honor grants another reroll. So if you bring it, you're already looking at two free rerolls in addition to whatever you buy. It just gets dumb. So that's a maximum of uh, five rerolls this fleet can have mm-hmm. if you decide to actually pay money for them. And it or saves you could, about 100 points on two of them. Yeah, or you could not pay money for them and uh, just be better than your opponent. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're already bringing a Gloriana, like, so you... You'll be 75 points up on them. It's impressive. Yep. Yay. <laughs> It's enough for that uh, that extra renown for being for, for being uh, what is it over or under yeah it's fun. Here's another fun part about the McCrag's honor. Um, she ignores a single point of leadership reduction from such sources such as blast markers or the Marcus Slanesh. So maybe you've thrown a bunch of fire at the McCrag's honor. You're trying to whittle down her leadership so that she can't do orders as well. Maybe make her waste one of those. Um, Yep. Your night lords have come and done a couple of really good hit and runs on her. Yeah, the McCrag's honor doesn't actually care a whole bunch. Nope. Chances are she's still going to be leadership 10. And it's not listed in the book. Um, uh, actually, you know what? Never mind. Forget I said that. I didn't say anything. Everything is listed in the book. Yes. Everything that the McCrag's honor can be- do... Behold! <laughs> ...is listed in the book. Why would you say that, Stephen? Well, Jesse's I, not going to edit it out. It's going to be I, in there. It's fine. Well, no one. We're just not going to tell anybody. All it's right. Fine. No one will know. No one. No one's going to listen to this. No one will they're suspect. Gonna, they're going to see Ultramarines episode skip. It's true. The only guy that likes Ultramarines that listens to us has probably stopped listening already. Yep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the Death Guard though, so the Death Guard players will suffer through this. It's true because that's what they do. It's true. <clears throat> So, additionally, all vessels may reroll ones to hit any target the McCrag's Honor has fired upon that turn, including any attack craft that it has launched. So this is actually a whole lot of fun if you're an Ultramarines player. Because, like I said, the McCrag's Honor can throw 16 weapons batteries aside, but she also can break those weapons batteries up and fire at three separate targets. She can fire at something on the port side, the starboard side, um, in the front. Really, because some of these weapons systems can double up on the same location, she can actually even split those. She can, if she's in good positioning, fire weapons batteries 60, 60 to 45 centimeters away at one, two, three, four different targets. Yep. And then there's lances on either side. So and then there's make lances. it six. Yeah. And uh, McCrag's you know, Honor if... can pick six targets and just debuff them so that the rest of her fleet can reroll ones to hit. Yeah. And in most games, I mean, probably not a game you have McCrag's Honor in because it's a Gloriana. But, you know, if you've tagged six capital ships just like, you know, to get that buff, that's probably everybody you were going to shoot at anyway. Right. Even if there's more than six things out there. Uh, because remember, you want to concentrate your firepower. Uh, so even if it's like, you know, a 3,000 point game, she'll be able to light up all the targets you need and mm-hmm. get them sweet, sweet rerolls to one. Yep. 
Uh, you don't even have to be locked on for that. And there's nothing sucks more than rolling ones when you're locked on or when you're firing lances. You're like, well, I can't do anything with that. Yep, ones for lances yep. is a sad, sad time. Yep. Uh, last but not least, McCrag's honor is equipped with an auxiliary bridge. Um, hey, what does that do, Stephen? Hey, if you have an auxiliary bridge, you can ignore the first time that you suffer a bridge-smashed critical hit. Words cannot express one. how good that is. Yeah, but we'll try. Uh, bridge uh, it's smashed, real good. <laughs> bridge smashed, first of all, can't be fixed like other criticals. Mm-hmm. And it reduces your vaunted leadership 10 down to leadership 7. Yep, it is minus three to take a bridge smashed, and it's about the second worst thing that can happen to your ship. Well, Mm -hmm. third worst. Like, hull breach, bulkhead collapse, those are atrocious, but it's random. Sometimes you'll only come out with a point of damage from it. Yep. Uh, But bridge smashed, it just, what are you going to do? You can't really go on orders. You're going to have a hard time running. The only thing worse is shield collapse, in my opinion. Hmm. Or a real bad bulkhead collapse roll. Because I would rather take two points of damage than have my leadership reduced by three. I'd rather lose my shields than have my leadership reduced by three. Because at least if you lose your shields, you can disengage. You can, like, That's oh, true. shit, this it's is hot. To I got to get out of yeah. here. But yeah. if your bridge is smashed and you didn't have leadership 10 to begin with, oh, buddy, you're having yeah. a bad time. You are having a bad time. But McCrag's yeah. honor won't have that bad time. Because, I mean... What's the odds of them rolling nine on the critical hit table twice, right? Do not tempt fate. I've doomed myself and all of you by yep. saying that. Thanks. <laughs> Just like everybody else, the McCrag's Honor has a quote-unquote narrative profile as well, and it gets a little crazy. Like She's not do. any faster, although you might like her to be. Still 45-degree turns. She has eight shields this time and ten turrets. Those port and weapon, those part and starboard weapons batteries go from six to twenty-four. The dorsal and prow weapons batteries go from five to ten, and the port and starboard lances jump up to six. The port and starboard launch bays also jump up to six. That's a whole lot of firepower. It's just atrocious, right? Yep. I, I don't know what you're doing bringing a narrative Gloriana like this to a fight, and it doesn't matter. Stephen's like, oh, you could wish to be faster. You could. But everything is so long-range, it doesn't really need to be. Yep. Right? You do yep. what I do. If you really want to be somewhere, all ahead full with it. Yeah, yep. it halves your firepower for a turn, but... Oh, no. But you're oh, speedy. No. It's fine. I can drop 44 weapons battery out of sight, and now it's only 22. Alas, mm. woe is me. Yep. Although, while you are playing with a narrative, Gloriana, uh, we've never mentioned this before, uh, but it seems good to go with the um, the McCrags on her because, you know, she's slow. If stuff does get up next to her and manages to survive for more than a turn, they can they can cause trouble. Um, but you gotta you gotta be careful about killing ships that are within fifteen centimeters of a Gloriana. Because if a ship that is within fifteen centimeters of a Gloriana suffers catastrophic damage, it can attempt a leadership check. And you know what happens if it succeeds? What happens? Instead of rolling on the catastrophic damage to see what happens, if it becomes a Hulk, if it becomes a Flaming Hulk, it automatically implodes its warp drive. Because, <laughs> you know, everyone on that ship knows they're dead anyway. They may as well try and take the Gloriana with them. Yep. 
It's a yeah. bad time. <laughs> it is. Of course, it's a Gloriana. So even if you suffer a warp drive implosion and hit the McCrag's honor, you know, you're a cruiser. You have eight hull points. You suffer a warp drive implosion. You fire at McCrag's honor with your death, you know, explosion. Uh, it has eight shields. So let <laughs> that sink in, buddy. Yeah. Mm. This NAT, you can't get underneath that. Yep. Nope. Which is strange. You would think you might be able to, but physics in space literally means nothing. So, I mean, mostly nothing. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of ships do we like to see used with the uh, with the Ultramarines? We talked about the Thunderbolt. We've mentioned the Thunderbolt a couple of times now, um, but we've never actually really gone into what it is. It's my favorite escort. It's also one of the most expensive. It is. In fact, it is the, the most expensive. Yeah, it is the most expensive unless you're getting, well, it and the Nova. Unless you're getting dumb and taking minesweepers for some reason. But why? Uh, but, but nobody knows why. Yeah, that's uh, weird. But anyway, the Thunderbolt Heavy Frigate is a whopping 50 points and doesn't come with the Stardis crew. So if you want an Ultramarine's Thunderbolt, it would be the most expensive escort because uh, Nova's come with Space Marine crew. It's true. Uh, it is 25 centimeters speed, 90 degree turn like all escorts, five up armor and a single turret, but two shields. Which is outstanding and really kind of screws with how you want to operate them, I think. Uh, for weapons, it has uh, two weapons batteries, 30 centimeter range, left, front, right. Uh, one 45 centimeter lance, which is also left, front, right. And two torpedoes out the front. Uh, we call it a heavy frigate for a reason. Yeah. This thing is armed to the teeth. Yeah, it has... More firepower than any other escort, just flat out. Uh, and, you know, once you've got 100 points of them together, which is only a few points short of a Dauntless, they're just a Dauntless with more shields that's harder to hit. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> just straight up, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, they are, they're a little rough to be on the receiving end of. Yeah, Steven brings squadrons of them, and I do not like them. They attract a lot of firepower, so be careful. Uh, if your opponent is used to fighting Thunderbolts, and not many people are, it bears noting that the Thunderbolt is built off of the apostate profile um, out of the 2010 compendium. We just basically changed the name and attached a name that we knew did exist in the Heresy. It's there one of those are instances. Thunderbolt heavy frigates in the Heresy. We know yes. it. Yes, yes. In fact, the Three Sisters of Justice are Thunderbolt frigates, unless I'm mistaken. Um, <clears throat> so they're, they're going to attract a lot of firepower. So you do kind of want to keep them screened until you have an opportunity for them to jump out and suddenly start unloading. Um, but they do really, really well in raid missions where escorts are kind of the order of the day, but they're still relatively fragile. A Thunderbolt will outfight any other escort squadron in the game. Yep. At least any other Imperial and or Chaos ones. Yeah, we don't Eldar know what escorts, the Eldar are up to. Yeah, Eldar escorts cheat and therefore <laughs> cannot be uh, used as any sort of litmus test. And Necrons are all still asleep, so we won't mention them. <clears throat> yes. Mm. Uh, mm. But yeah, they're an interesting escort because, uh, because of the double shields. That's really the interesting thing. Because normally with escorts, 
you tend to bunch them together base to base uh, so they can support each other with turret fire because one of the ways you can get rid of the little suckers is Thunderhawks because if you do a critical hit to an escort, it explodes and is dead. End of mm -hmm. story. And a Thunderhawk, you know, does those real well. Uh, however, if you are in base to base, you drop neighboring shields, right? Because you can place a blast marker touching a couple of ships and multiple shields are going down at once instead of just the one ship. Uh, which kind of, you know, why do you have a two shield escort if it's just going to get blown to shit? Because it's Buddy did. Oops. So this is where the Ultramarines, I think, kind of shine, right? Because you can have them either start them close together uh, and then launch that big torpedo salvo and scatter or conversely keep them very widely spread. And then, you know, once you are at the opportune moment, combine them back together and suddenly, hey, take a strength A torpedo salvo that you weren't expecting. Ha ha! Yeah, because they're still fast. They're still quick yeah. escorts at 25, 25 centimeters speed that's, that's chaos speed yeah. uh, they can they can scatter and form up pretty quick um they're just i love them i love them so much uh, but they do attract a lot of firepower yeah, i i have so much hate for them i mean they're great ships and i need to get some but i you hate them as much as i hate dauntlesses don't lie <laughs> I, I don't think so <laughs> I'm not sure I can hate anything as much as you hate Don't Lie. They are Don't an abomination, and I wish they could just be taken out of the game. I hate them so much. <laughs> How many of them do you have now? I have hoarded every Dauntless enrichment I could get my hands on just so that you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't even think I've seen him field a Dauntless. He's just bought them all as they come up, so I can't use them. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, is it petty? Maybe. <laughs> Have I won games due to lack of dot lie? Absolutely. Anyway. Pay to uh, win. <laughs> Jesus. It's a dead game, Stephen. Uh, not uh, anymore. That's true. We're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, anyway, going from probably the most obscure of our ships in the Red Book, we will now talk about the two most common that Stephen continues to mix up to this day. It's true. I'm bad at it. I'm a chaos player. What do you want from me? They are that those mainline ships of the line for the Imperial Navy, the Lunar class cruiser and the Gothic class cruiser. Uh, they're both 180 points, 20 centimeter speed, two shields, five up, six up armor and two turrets. They basic. It's true. Uh, the Gothic is even more basic because all it has is port and starboard lance batteries, 30 centimeter range, firepower four, and those six prow torpedoes that all Imperial cruisers have. Uh, the Lunar is a mix and match with port and starboard weapons batteries, firepower six at 30 centimeters, and then two lances on each side, 30 centimeters, and the prow torpedoes. Uh, and we picked these for Ultramarines because of all the ships in Battlefleet Heresy and Battlefleet Gothic, these are the two cruisers that you squadron together. Uh, it's just such a nice combination. Because, like, yeah, you, you can squadron the cast cruisers together and get some truly atrocious firepower, uh, but they work well enough on their own that most people tend to just field them on their own. Uh, and you can do something like our Crusade-class cruiser uh, with 12 weapons battery 
and pair that up with one of these two as well. And like, in theory, that should be just as good, but it never seems to be. Uh, so you normally have the lunar and the gothic and you run them together. Uh, I like to keep them close and then fire off just one strength 12 torpedo salvo because that makes anybody have a bad time. And then there's enough weapons battery fire from the lunar uh, to, you know, ping a shield off somebody, make them think a little bit. And then there's six lances between the gothic and the lunar, and that can do a lot of damage. That's so many lances. It Most really battleships is. don't even have that kind of lance armament. Yeah. And the one that does isn't that great. Oh, poor oh, Apocalypse. Oh. Um, but yeah, man, if you can cross somebody's T with a lunar and a gothic and just lock on and blast out both sides, because they're simple ships, right? You don't have a dorsal or a prow weapon to like give extra firepower to one side and make you kind of want to, you know, just turn on somebody so you only have targets in one direction, right? That that tends to be people's thought process, or at least mine, even though it's not, strictly speaking, the best use of your talents. Uh, but a lunar and a gothic, it's the same either way, right? They're real simple. You come up, you blow your torpedoes at somebody, and then hopefully you've got that somebody and his friend on your left and right, and you just blow them to shit. Mm -hmm. And with the additional five centimeters that Ultramarines will give to any squadron's coherency, um, Ultramarines, Lunar, and Gothics can actually kind of split and take an enemy between them and just abuse them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They really can. Uh, or, you know, sometimes there are people... Like when, when I split squadrons, a lot of the time it's because there's an asteroid field or a dust cloud or something that's a little long. And then on the other side, kind of behind it is an enemy cruiser and you got to pick a side, right? Or you can try and split up, but then the damn things are normally 10 or 15 centimeters wide. So you lose your orders. Uh, Ultramarines don't have to worry about that because they've got that extra range that you can like peel off on either side of a dust cloud and be like all right which way are you going i'm gonna fight you either way mm -hmm. suck six torpedoes it's good time <laughs> yeah yeah that's rough and uh for 360 points for the two of them that's budget battleship money mm -hmm. and you're packing battleship levels of of ordnance and weapons yep they're a lot of fun yep every imperial player should have two just every heresy player. Right? That's true. Every heresy player should have one of each. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'll become good buddies, right? Because you'll, you'll rarely take one without the other. Uh, because the gothic on its own really lacks the ability to do enough damage to be worth it. Because uh, four lances, great. You hit on four up, that's two hits. Uh, if you're locked on, that's three hits, you know, math. Not really impressive. Uh, the Lunar, likewise, yeah, you might get a hit with the Lance, and you might have a couple of dice of weapons battery to throw at somebody. They both kind of struggle to kill people on their own. But together, suddenly, two sort of meh loadouts become real good. Yep. And again, 12 torpedoes. Like, can't be Many a doom has been spelled mm -hmm. by uh, the Gothic and the Lunar combo. They don't have a celebrity name, so you have to keep calling it the Gothic and the Lunar. 
There's no word to refer to both of them. And we like it that way. Yep. We won't attempt it. Yep. But uh, I think that's most of what we've got for the Ultramarines. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back to talk about the 14th Legion, the Death Guard. Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash RR30K podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at remembrancers underscore retreat. You can also visit our website, RR30K.com for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at 1929-437-3791. That's 1929-HERESY1. And you can also leave us an email at theremembrancersretreat at gmail.com. Thanks again. Would you like a shout-out on our podcast? Maybe discounts on our Teespring store? Maybe you'd like to vote for upcoming Heresy grad school topics? hang out in a private Discord server, or maybe even just getting a fun podcast sticker. If you're interested in any of that, consider becoming a patron. Patreon funds help for server costs and allows us to make cool content for you to enjoy. Patronage also helps us pay for projects such as our Nova Open Charitable Foundation Army, The Honored, and Ultramarine Zone Metallus Force will be up for charity raffle coming this year. If you're interested in getting in on the action, consider becoming a patron today at patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast. Thank you. A big shout out to all our patrons in the month of August, starting with our Praetor tier, Alex Selth, Chris Mack, Joe from Music City Heresy, Gardner.Tree of Woe, Matthew Boyce, Jacob Dillon, Mr. Baldwick, and Nicholas Quanga. Our Centurion tier, Mark Henry, John Christensen, Angry Boy, Black Label Painting, Andrew N., Scott LeMay, Minis by Applesauce, M. Tanzer, and Queen Corswain. And finally, our Sergeant tier, Emily O'Hare, Duncan, Travis Smith, Garrett Lowe, Aaron Maynard, and Nicholas Gillen. Pain is an illusion of the senses, and fear an illusion of the mind. Beyond these, only death waits as the silent judge o'er all. Attributed to the Primarch Mortarion. Welcome back. As promised, we're going to start with the 14th Legion, the Death Guard. Personally, one of my favorite legions. They're right up there with the Iron Warriors and the Word Bearers. Um, Yeah, this is the only other uh, Legion fleet that I own, is a little Death Guard fleet. Yep. Uh, once upon a time, I would have started a Death Guard army, but I was intimidated by the paint scheme, so I went with Iron Warriors. <laughs> if that's not a chaos story, I don't know what is. A legion of stubborn post-humans who refuse to die, the Death Guard fleets dispense with exotic maneuvering and subtlety in favor of sheer, unstoppable endurance. Their Gloriana is the appropriately named Endurance. They may also field the Terminus Est. The Death Guard's special rule is called Legendary Resilience. Even in the face of an overwhelming force, the Sons of Mortarions do not stop in their inexorable advance until the very last of them lay dead, a feat not easily accomplished. It's a real simple rule. Ships with a Stardace crew automatically pass command checks to go under brace for impact orders. And, really, you shouldn't have to have anyone tell you how good that is. Yeah, that's all we'll say about that. Moving on. Uh, no, but seriously. Episode over. <laughs> we're, we're done here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just really, really good. 
Um, I actually painted those Death Guard for my lovely wife who wanted to dabble in spaceship warfare. Uh, and again, at that point, I've been playing Gothic 10 years, more than that. Uh, and she beat the shit out of me with the Death Guard, man. Like, <laughs> I realized that there's a level of beginner's luck in there. Uh, but she plays a lot of board games. We play a lot of board games. We don't go easy on each other because uh, that's just, you know, not how we do. So I was trying to beat her and they just kept bracing for impact. And I'd be like, well, you got to roll for it. You know, you got the uh, bridge smashed <laughs> over kidding. there and you got, yeah, you got your bridge smashed and you're in debris, blast markers. You got like a leadership forge. She's like, I thought I did it automatically. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oops. Balls. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's really not a lot to say to discuss for it because it's just, it's so good to automatically pass Brace for Impact. Yeah, it really, at least it shouldn't alter how you play the fleet. Um, naturally, you can do crazy things like, you know, all ahead, fool yourself into a dangerous situation and then, you know feel a little confident about it because you can brace whenever you whenever you want without worrying about it. Uh, but for the most part, a Death Guard Admiral doesn't really, like, play to his rule like maybe a White Scars one would where, you know, you want to go fast and the, damn it, you're going fast. You're paying for uh, the engines. You may as well go fast. Right? Death Guard player, they're just going to fight the game how any other Space Marine fleet with those particular ships would fight it except when you try to murder them like you would any other space marine fleet uh they go on brace for impact and live through it and kill you on the other side it's true yeah yeah, yeah. um and it actually an unintended well not an unintended but like a lesser realized aspect of this is that uh the death guard are pretty efficient with their command points or not their command points their command rerolls because of this um generally when you're playing battlefleet gothic and you've got a surplus at least three or two um command rerolls you always want to keep one in the pocket for that critical brace for impact but death guard don't have to they can use it on other things it's true uh i would say that about 80 or 90 percent of all of my command rerolls have gone to either Brace for Impact or Lock-On. Mm -hmm. uh, and definitely more Brace for Impacts than Lock-Ons because I'd rather let you live than get the crap blown out of me by something that I wish I would have braced for. Yep. Death Guard don't have to worry about that. So even though it's a very obviously defensively-minded rule, it gives them more of an offensive punch because they can, you know, be a little laissez-faire with their uh, re-rolls and just save them for lock-on or whatever else they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, or just save some points and, you know, take one or two less re-rolls because screw it. I can brace for impact for free. Yep. Now, there is a note here that we should make um, as far as our thought process as designers in this one. You may be looking at the Death Guard and noticing that unlike the world leaders or the emperor's children they do not have access to the mark of nurgle and this was kind of intentional because we thought that and we've had this discussion with a few people by now so we may as well have it with you our lovely listeners 
Uh, yo, the Mark of Nurgle on an entire fleet is bonkers. <laughs> yeah, everybody get an extra hull point. None of you can be boarded. Uh, Have guess fun. I'll die? Yeah, I guess I'll die. Um, and that's not to say that you shouldn't play uh, with the Mark of Nurgle for Death Guard. After all, this is a fan-made rule set for a dead game, and you can do literally whatever you want. I'm not your dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's already got a kid. He doesn't need another one. That's right. Single God, I listener. Love, I love that daughter so much. Anyway, um, but if you're playing, like we said earlier uh, with the World Leaders episode regarding the um, boarding action bonus to Chaos, if you're playing a late Heresy era campaign or you're playing a late Heresy era narrative game and you want to use uh, the Plague Fleet rules for your Death Guard fleet, knock yourself out. Go for it. We cannot guarantee how well it's going to work out for either player, but like it's all about doing what you want and building the narrative. So don't let us stop you just because we just because we didn't do it doesn't mean you can't. Right. Um, however, on a narrative sort of arc, they didn't go full Nurgle like until Terra. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. You gotta they be playing real even, late era. They didn't even go like medium Nurgle, right? I'm sure like the Terminus Est was probably doing some weird shit uh, on the insides where uh, Mortarian couldn't see it. But Mortarian was so against uh, chaos, psychers, sorcery, warp shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, that they just like, I don't think he would have had the, oh yeah, that. That cruiser has a mile-long pustule on it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, that's fine. Like, that. He would not have been thrilled uh, until they get marooned in the warp for weeks, an eternity, two days. Who knows? Time is a meaningless. And then popped out over Terra as the plague fleet, right? Yep. Uh, so that's the reason why we went for Brace for Impact for free instead uh, from a narrative standpoint as well as Mark Nurgle is just real good. It is. Um, because unlike the World Eaters and some of the other legions, they weren't really walking the path to their uh, patron deity until the heresy was pretty much over. Until the, yeah, until the scouring, <laughs> roughly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a note on that. Uh, let's get over to the to the uh, the Gloriana, the Endurance. Ooh, ah. The Endurance was uh, pretty fun to write, and much like the Legion that it comes from, it's pretty simple. It's 520 points. It is based off of the Retribution, just like the Fist of Iron was. Uh, It comes with an extra hull point. Yay! So it's Battleship 13. 20 centimeters of speed, 45 degree turn, 4 shields, 6 up armor all around, 4 turrets. Port and starboard weapons batteries, 45 centimeters, firepower 18. Three dorsal lance batteries at 60 centimeter range and nine prow torpedoes. Um, it's just a brawler, you know, and it automatically braces for impact, which even if you half your firepower from bracing for impact, the endurance is still flinging nine weapons batteries at you. And two lances. And two lances. Like, she can still obliterate her targets. Yeah, it's still concerning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not even getting into, like, the narrative rules where they get three ups, three up saves against damage. Uh, that it has 26 hull points as a narrative Gloriana. 
Like the endurance is a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Yep. She's got a couple of fun special rules. Um, mainly, and I stole this directly out of Path to Heaven, uh, when the endurance empties its prescribed vaults of all of its chemical and uh, biophage weapons that turns out even work really well against starships. They fire it at the White Scar's fleet, and I think they fire what has to be uh, starship-grade phosphex because it starts corroding the hull of the of the the lance of heaven yeah it's wild and eating into it yeah so uh the endurance may elect to fire its weapons batteries or its torpedoes as proscribed weapons which hit and cause critical hits on a four up but have no effect against shields additionally any hit and run or boarding actions carried out against it suffer a further negative one modifier because presumably they're not afraid to use phosphex on their own ship because they're Death Guard, and why would they? Yes, so Gloriana's already inflict a negative one, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, both for being Gloriana and for having a Space Marine crew. Uh, the Endurance does it again. So even if you're a Space Marine crew, you can still roll a one and not get anything, mm-hmm. and you're almost never going to set it on fire. Yeah. Rough. It is. And for the uh, torpedoes, there's no reason at all that you're not firing prescribed weapons, right? The torpedoes just are firing prescribed weapons. They cause hits and critical hits on a four-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they're a, just it's splashing. like a cannon, but scarier. Yeah, yeah, they're just splashing a hundred-meter-long missiles worth of phosphex over your ship. Yeah. And uh, good luck with that. I don't care how thick your prow armor is. You're going to have a bad time. Indeed, a bad time was had by all. Yes. In addition to the Endurance, the Death Guard can also field the Terminus Est. The Terminus Est appears on page 110 of the, two, uh, the 2010 compendium. It's in the Powers of Chaos publication. The Terminus Est is leadership 10. It has a single reroll and it must be the fleet's flagship if the Endurance is not present. Uh, Callus Typhon, as we all know, jealously coveted command, and uh, pretty much the only person who could tell him anything was Mortarion. Uh, there is one difference for the Terminus Est uh, for Battlefleet Heresy compared to the original publication. Um, you use it exactly as it appears in the original publication. Being a battle barge, the Terminus Est follows all Battlefleet Heresy rules, and therefore a battle bar- and therefore may elect to carry Thunderhawks and Thunderhawk Annihilators instead of its usual complement of attack craft, which is three squadrons of Swift Deaths, Doomfires, or Dreadclaws, or just fighters, bombers, assault boats on its port, starboard, and prow launch bays. You can switch those out for the slower but more durable Thunderhawks if you desire. Yeah, additionally, atrocious. Yeah, that's a right? lot of Thunderhawks. <laughs> so many. I mean, just attack craft, let alone Thunderhawks. Yeah, I mean, you want to get rid of some uh, some some torpedoes and some bombers and some other Thunderhawks. Nine mm-hmm. fighters away, you go. Oh no. Yes, uh, because it is a battle barge. It also gains the battle barge uh, special rules regarding uh, planetary bombardment and landing troops yep. and exterminate and exterminatus missions. A battle barge may be. Selected as an exterminator without modifying its profile in any way. So right and has a space marine crew on it. And has a space marine crew. So the um, Terminus Est 
can fire an exterminator weapon without having to modify anything. It does it on a uh, three up instead of a four up. And in planetary assault missions, every turn that the terminus S spends landing troops or bombarding the planet scores two assault points instead of the regular one. So let's talk about the Terminus Est a little bit. Um, it's very similar to a Battle Barge, which should come as no surprise. So it's Battleship 13. It's uh, 20 centimeters of speed, 45 degree turns, four shields, five up armor, so it's a little weaker, and four turrets. For armaments, in addition to those launch bays we talked about, it has port and starboard hives of Nurgle. A 30 centimeter range, firepower strength. It has 45 centimeter range dorsal lances, firepower four that go left, front, right, and 30 centimeter range prow lances, firepower four, left, front, right. She is short range ship. But the with battle. huge carrier capacity. But with huge carrier capacity. So she kind of wants to do two different things. Uh, but my suggestion is shove her into the middle of a fight because the less your attack craft have to travel in the void, the more the likely better. they are to get there. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you may think that she's a little undergunned for a battleship, but especially when you look at those hives of Nurgles and you're like, firepower strength, firepower six. What? That's crazy. But then you look at the lances and realize she has eight. Yeah. You remember how we were talking about how sometimes your your dorsal or prow weapon makes you want to sort of lean in to one side or the other? Uh, this and is how, that time. Yeah. How a lot of times it's not really the best idea because, you know, you got good firepower, but no. Terminus S should be fighting one person at a time and should be obliterating that person with weapons, batteries, and lances. And then picking on some other person in a different direction with nine squadrons of whatever you fancy. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's a big old bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Terminus Est has more lances than any other ship in the game. Maybe the Planet Killer is the only thing with more. Yeah, eight lances just hoof. It's a lot. Though we should point out, um, although I don't think it's it's mentioned in the rule books. So, you know, it has hives of Nurgle. This isn't Terminus Est circa like 001 M31. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the Nurgly version. Yeah. Because uh, Typhon it comes was super with the into mark it. of Nurgle. Um, it has a, which uh, it can't be boarded because the plus one hull point is already included. Um, it also has Miasma of Pestilence. Ooh. Which is. Actually kind of a downer. Uh, so the Terminus Est is surrounded by vast swarming clouds, the same warp spawn flies, which buzz and howl through its interior and transformed Typhus into the host of the Destroyer Hive. Again, note, Typhus wasn't the host of the Destroyer Hive uh, until very late in the game. Uh, so it replaces the ship's turrets and works exactly the same way as turrets against attack craft, but has no effect against torpedoes because they're just swarms of flies. Magic flies that will, you know, still somehow get inside of the helmet of the attack craft pilot and freak him out, um, but apparently doesn't do anything to your nuclear missiles. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like you said when we talked about uh, turrets firing at 
torpedoes. They don't really destroy the torpedoes so much as kind of damage its uh, its navigation, damage its engines, knock mm-hmm. it off course a little bit. You know, what's a fly going to do? It's a huge fly the size of somebody's head, but that's a nice and CBM. Doesn't get the job done. Yep. Uh, and then the hives of Nurgle are exactly the same as weapons batteries, uh, but you can place a single blast marker anywhere along the Terminus-S course after each move to represent the constant seeping of all the nastiness uh, that a Nurgle, you know, the flagship of Nurgle will dump out into the void. And ships within 15 centimeters do not benefit from a left column shift when firing at it. So again, you would look at this and go, ah, it doesn't have a lot of weapons batteries. It's not a huge, maybe I'll just sit back and dump attack craft on, on people. No, you want to get within 15 centimeters of somebody because that's bonuses for you, but not for them. And then just massacre them. Mm-hmm. Eight lances again. It's just yeah. It, it's it's ungentlemanly. It's ungentlemanly, but that's the death guard for you. That's the death guard. There, boy, the death guard. They have uh, they got issues, but we've all got problems, you know. <laughs> Everybody's got their problems. Yep. Some of us are just uh, in the thrall of a horrible, unknowing plague Cthulhu. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, So you might be asking yourself, yeah, great. Uh, Some of that stuff seems real fun. But as you said, I don't I'm not playing late heresy. I want to play early heresy when this ship isn't as weird as it is uh, in 40K. What do I do? You get yourself a battle barge and you have yourself a good time. Good old Battle Barge, mm-hmm. the quintessential Space Marine battleship. Yep. It is 395 points, making it, uh, I believe, the most expensive of the various battleship chassis. Uh, yeah. And I, I should say it starts at 395 points. Yeah, it's uh, true. It can get bigger from there. Mm-hmm. It has 20 centimeter speed, three shields, six up armor, three turrets. Uh, and that six-up armor for Death Guard is real good Ooh, boy. because you brace Shuckus. for free. So not only is it hard to hit you, but if the enemy has finally gone and done it, uh, it just four-up saves, man. No big deal. Pink. Uh, so in its base incarnation, it has port starboard weapons batteries, firepower 12, 45 centimeters, uh, prow launch bays for three squadrons of Thunderhawks or Thunderhawk Annihilators, uh, strength 6 prow torpedoes, and a Strength 8 30-centimeter dorsal bombardment cannon that goes left, front, right. So already, it's pretty nasty. Uh, maybe not ungodly horrific, depending on, you know, what your target is, because it's all, it is all using, you know, the gunnery table, which can be problematic at times. But it's real good, right? This standard, real good, and that's 6-up armor. Just, that's the kicker. Yeah, that's that makes it so much worse. Because even though you know Death Guard can brace for free, and if you take enough firepower, you're going to want to. Unless the other guy's got a ton of lances, you're usually going to be locking on or doing something aggressive with it instead. Uh, so unlike pretty much every other ship in Battlefleet Heresy, really, uh, the Battle Barge has a ton of upgrades. Uh, and alternate weapons loadouts you can equip it with. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So the first and we took these we took these of the uh, there are multiple versions quote unquote of battle barges across mm-hmm. a couple of different publications. There's the regular battle barge which we've replicated here is the the quote unquote vanilla uh, profile. There's the chaos battle barge. There's the venerable battle barge. There's the big crazy battle barge with bombardment cannons for everything. Yep. So we kind of broke it up and uh, into these available upgrades. Yeah, we did the math, right? We ran mm-hmm. the numbers. And uh, instead of having five things called Battle Barge that were all vaguely different, uh, you get one with a whole bunch of upgrades, which I feel uh, and we felt is very narrative for Battle Barges in Heresy because uh, the Battle Barge, as in like the model for a Battle Barge, you can buy, you know, used and a bunch of money and lovely imputer probably kill a man with that thing oh you definitely could uh (laughs) probably isn't the actual look of battle what would be called a battle barge in the heresy right because anything that's a battleship that was built for space marines in the heresy is a battle barge uh and not necessarily specifically indicative of something with a lot of bombardment cannon uh that's meant to go be a planet breaker because at the time, you know, the legions were kicking ass in space too and needed big spaceships. So, what does this all mean for you who look at the vanilla battle barge and go, could be better? Uh, so, for 20 points, the first thing you can do is replace the dorsal bombardment cannon with a strength 3 60 centimeter dorsal lance firing left, front, right, uh, which kind of gives it that long range tap annoyance factor of three lances or to finish off somebody who's running uh and 45 centimeter weapons batteries backed by three lances is nasty Uh, and if you don't like those weapons batteries you can replace them uh, for 10 points with a firepower 16 30 centimeter weapons battery you know if you'd rather have a few more guns and get up a little closer or a firepower eight 30 centimeter bombardment cannon for 20 points. And that's where things can get real disgusting because then, all right, so say you do that, right? And then you can combine that with the dorsal bombardment cannon and suddenly you're throwing out 16 bombardment cannon, which is just super good. Like super, super good. Uh, And then if you're doing that and think to yourself, you know what? Attack crafter for sissies. I want more guns. (laughs) You can, for no cost, replace your prow launch bays with strength four 30 centimeter prow lances. Uh, Guns for days. Yeah. So go ahead and throw out a gothics broadside out of your front. Why not? For fun and profit. Yeah. And then... If you've done any of these things, any battle barge may add uh, a strength four 30 centimeter range lance battery firing along the front arc. So, again, you can replace the prow launch bays with four lances and then add four lances. Congratulations, you're the terminus est. Yeah. Happy Only days. Only the front arc, but still. Is shenanigans. Yep. Uh, or 
you can add a single turret or a sing for 10 points or a single shield for 20 points or all three of them. Uh, yeah, it's true. There's no reason you can't do all of that. Just go super hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you haven't replaced your port starboard weapons batteries, so if you've just got those stock, you haven't traded them out for bombardment cannon, you may add an additional, or I guess not an additional, but you can add strength three port and starboard launch bays for 50 points. So, you know, you now do that really the for assessed. 50 points. And then you add the lances and then you replace, you know, you're getting there, right? And sure, I don't think you can pick these upgrades to be an identical loadout to what the Terminus Est is throwing. Uh, but you're certainly throwing more weapons battery than the Terminus Est and you're prettier. And that's important. Yeah, you can never have too many weapons batteries, really. Yeah. I mean, again, you can get real expensive, though. Because uh, let's see, it's 35, 55, 105. Yeah, Jesus. Yep, that's a lot. You can have about a 500-point battle barge. Yeah, at that point, you may as well just bring a Gloriana. Except for some reason, people are nicer about a 500-point battle barge than a 500-point Gloriana. It's because it doesn't have Gloriana in the name. It's true. And this is like, oh, you just spent a whole bunch of money on a battle barge, which... For whatever reason, conventional Battlefleet Gothic wisdom says that battle barges, quote unquote, aren't good. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm doing the whole thing because battle barges are fucking sick. Yeah, uh, they're real good. And I think part of the problem, problem making the same face and quotes that Steven just did, is that perhaps in a space marine fleet, your whole fleet will be the basic battle barge and two strike cruisers. And that's just not enough to get the job done sometimes. And eh, but in Battlefleet Heresy, my friend, you can take that fucking gun platform battle barge and uh, back it up with some Dauntless or some Falchions or some Havocs or, or some Slaughter. Murders. Or, yeah, like... So the Battle Barge does its thing real, real well, and a Battlefleet Heresy fleet lets you complement that or cover its weaknesses. Um, because, again, like the, the downside of a Battle Barge is if you have a bunch of lances, it'll have a bad day. And I think that's the other part of why uh, conventional BFG wisdom poo-poos them, because... If you're that guy and you know you're fighting space marines, you know that they all have six-up armor, so you just flood the table with lances, right? And that sucks. Uh, and it's ungentlemanly to do. You should only list Taylor against the Necrons. They deserve it. It's true. <laughs> they <laughs> goddamn do. Uh, uh, Eldar even the Eldar, extent. you should be able to beat on your own... You know, with your standard fleet. I like how we both just gave two completely opposite statements about Eldar. Yeah, you should list Taylor to Eldar. Eh, you should be able to beat Eldar with what you've got on the table. How many? This is this is because you are yet young in the ways of Eldar, my friend. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got some Eldar ships now. 
Oh, good. I can practice. <laughs> I'm going to wraith guard you so hard. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, uh, because it, you, you know, you're not list can't be really list tailored against in Battlefleet Heresy because it's, you know, three fleet lists mashed up into a ball of heretical goodness. Uh, I think it really just makes the Battle Barge a much more interesting ship. Yeah. Uh, and much more to be feared. So mm-hmm. if you've been poking around the interwebs, you know, you want to play some Battlefleet Heresy, but apart from us, nobody's talking about that. And you've been reading, you know, that 2008 forum post about battle barges that says they're not that great. Bro, it's 2020 and it's a shit show, but the battle barge is good now. It's true. <laughs> so there's your there's your silver lining. Yeah, animals, eat it up. A note on battle barges. Um, like Austin said, there's no uh, the pewter battle barge model that you can buy today, stuff in a sock and murder your ex-girlfriend. Um, you don't, don't do that. <laughs> you don't necessarily uh, have to use that model uh, because like Austin said, during the heresy, kind of any battleship built for space marines, right, was a battle barge. Um, so what we kind of like to see, especially, uh, amongst you, uh, intrepid converters is other battleship models being used as battle barges, especially because you can, um, you can buy upgrades for them and kind of change all of their armament the way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I personally have, uh, a despoiler as my battleship as my battle barge model because i just switch out the uh, rather i add the port and starboard launch bays uh, i keep the prow launch bay the way it is i buy an extra lance and away i go and i always buy the extra shield because <laughs> six up armor and four shields is just fun it's rude yeah. yeah meanwhile it's always been a dream of mine if i could get my hands on another uh imperial battleship chassis and a battle barge uh to build it like an emperor class, but with that space marine prow, you know, distinctive imperial space marine prow. Mm-hmm. Uh, call it a battle barge, give it the extra launch bays, and just go to town. Yeah. And be the carrier God intended. Six up <laughs> armor and even more attack craft. You can you <laughs> can blot out the stars themselves Look, with I'm, swarms of thunderhawks. I'm missing my nemesis fleet carrier. Uh, uh, alas yeah she didn't make it to the heresy womp, so womp. here we are yep. but that should show you that we didn't just pick our favorites we did the research yep uh, there's a whole section in the book about the research we did as a matter of fact so if you see your favorite ship is absent look through the apocrypha and i will probably tell you why it's not there yep and on that note, I think that's just about everything we've got. Um, a special Battlefleet Heresy, well, a special Lost Transmission announcement. Uh, we are kind of percolating and planning a, uh, a live show, which we will figure out the logistics and mechanics of shortly. We're idea people. We really just tell Jesse what we want and he makes it real. It's true. Uh, <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. We're going to record it with you guys, for you guys. Um, you'll see the magic happening 
uh, as it's happening. Although, don't be too impressed. It's kind of like looking at a warp rift for too long. (laughs) If the warp rift was mediocrity. Yeah, if it was just an aggressively mediocre warp rift. Um, It's not going to be a rules episode like we do everything else. We haven't quite decided on what the topic's going to be, but it is going to kind of be more fluff and lore-centered. If you have some input as to what you would like to hear, by all means, tell us. We love hearing it. We like making episodes for you guys. Uh, We will definitely take it under consideration. And who knows? uh, We might give you a shout-out for giving us the idea. Yeah, I got to say, the... Not that it's not always fun uh, talking about Battlefleet Heresy and Battlefleet Gothic in general, but the most fun I have is when somebody's like, hey, what about this? Or like, hey, what's this thing? You know, makes us feel loved. Yep. Makes it feel like someone out there is paying attention. Certainly there's at least one. At least one. Yeah. I mean, even if it is just me, but it's (laughs) fine. Yeah. We listen to you on Discord. We love talking to you guys on Discord. So um, if you are not subscribed to Patreon... Go for it. We always like it when we get new patrons. And plus, it helps us do this fun thing that we like to do for you. Yeah. So, that's the sap. That's the that's the sugary sweetness for now. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I do got one, one more thing. What's that? Uh, well, sir, it is that time of the year again. And I know I've harped on this a couple of times, uh, possibly in our last Lost Transmission episode, definitely the last couple of actual, you know, Remembrances Retreat episodes I've been on. Um, but it is the 2020 edition of the Great Wargaming Survey, which Wargame Soldiers and Strategy Magazine runs every year. If you Google the Great Wargaming Survey 2020, anything on the first page will take you to the survey. Uh, it's like five minutes long. You say, hey, I play, you know, these games and I like, you know, 28 millimeter and historicals and spaceship gaming or whatever. Uh, there are a couple of questions that will make you sad on there because one of them is how often do you play? And of course, with the Rona being what it is, that's probably a number you wish was higher. Uh, And then the other one is how much do you spend in a year, Um, which is always a little sad for us nerds to think on because it always winds up being more than our wives would like. Mm. Uh, Mm. Nevertheless, uh, this is a survey that a bunch of industry people look at So if you do things like put, hey, I like spaceship combat uh, and I like, you know, the 30K, 40K universe, people will look at them. Presumably, theoretically, possibly somebody important will look at them and go, huh, those nerds are talking about Battlefleet Gothic. I bet we could make money off of that. Launch round two. Uh, because, hey, we've got new Necromunda and new Blood Bowl. Well, really the same Blood Bowl. And uh, Adeptus Titanicus and Aeronautica Imperialis. And damn it, I have seen the Battlefleet Gothic logo uh, on some of GW's things in the past couple of years for specialist games. So, uh, you know, any way you can get the message out that we want our spaceships back. Yep, yep. And, um... I don't remember. Did you get a sprue of something neat the last time you filled out that survey? I did. I got a sprue of space grognards, uh, which are like sci-fi. They're like the foreign legion, aren't they? Yeah. So it's a, it's for uh, a game who war games, Atlantic death fields. Yeah. Death fields. 
fields of death, something like that. But the fluff is essentially aliens sometime kidnap uh, human soldiers to fight war games for fun. And this faction is a mix of Napoleon's old guard, which they pulled from somewhere, and some like World War II French Foreign Legion. Uh, so they've got the Shakos and the laser guns uh, and are a lot of fun. I don't think this year they're giving out models for taking the survey. You are entered into a bunch of contests to win a whole bunch of fun stuff. Uh, anything from rules to models. Um, and I think you get a discount on the website, which, you know, if you're a staunch GW loyalist, don't play anything else, that doesn't really help you. Uh, but if you dabble in historicals, you know, if you want that imperial militia army to have a certain je ne sais pas, uh, that could help you out. But either way, it's five minutes of your time and it lets the great and good or, you know, people with money and decision-making ability uh, see what nerds like us want to play. The answer is everything. Well, except for 28-millimeter historicals. Six-millimeter or bust. <laughs> but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, all righty. Well, uh, I think that's everything that we have to yell into a microphone and for Jesse to make into something resembling a coherent episode so uh i guess we'll see you next time yes if this episode has made sense to you please thank jesse yeah that's true he's the he's the brains so uh yeah next time we'll do some more legions another twofer tune in next time it'll be fun you know how it goes good hunting hero is a four-letter word Hero is a four-letter word, just another term for fool, and you'll learn well in our school. That hero is a four-letter word, that hero is a four-letter word.